Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shed. This week, we're covering the 35th anniversary of The Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So this film was directed by Joel Schumacher, who also did Batman and a bajillion other things. <laughs> yes, sadly he did Batman. Okay, I have very fond memories of Batman. That movie is fabulous. What are you talking about right now? Batman you and like Robin. Poison Ivy, that's why. No, Batman, the first one. With no. No. Tim oh, Burton did that. He oh! did the one. He did the terrible one. With the one. nipples. Okay, Drew Barrymore was in that one. Yes. Right? Okay. And he did go. the Batman and Robin, the terrible version. Even worse than the first one that he did. Fine. Oh, yeah, that was Tim Burton. How could I? Okay. My mind is Shame. obviously... One nerd point removed. Yes. Please remove... And, and it needs to be removed. It needs to be removed. You, you know why? Because that movie, even looking back now, does not feel like a Tim Burton movie to me. Because he literally has, like, solidified specific style and... That movie, I don't equate that. I don't put that in the line of like his other films. But okay, we'll put this aside. Really? Uh, yes. The Penguin and like the kooky Catwoman how? Like, no, just like the look of it. Like, when's the last time you saw it? Beetlejuice and they all like I don't know. They all have some different and maybe it's more his modern stuff, like Big Fish, Alice in Wonderland. He did do Alice in Wonderland, right? You're listening to the Tim Burton podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Tim Burton. Obviously, we have to talk about him at one point. I don't think we've done any of his films. No, I don't think so. Which is shocking. Uh, Jeffrey Bohem. Bohem. He was a screenwriter and who also did, okay, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Annie did Inner Space, which is one of my other favorite movies. So 
kudos to you. You knew what the fuck you were doing because I love both of those films. Um, well, this is like an all-star cast, in my opinion. Also, before we go any further, also returning to the podcast is our friend Carrie. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Carrie. Even she, though she's been talking anonymously now for a little while. <laughs> she said at the beginning she didn't want to get in the intro, so then I just started and then ran with it and forgot about her. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Carrie, is this one of your favorite films? No. This is my favorite film. There okay. we go. Narrowed that down. To where I can't really watch it anymore because I've seen it uh, probably over 200 times. Didn't you have to be quieted down at the Indian at one point because you were quoting the movie along with it? It's very possible <laughs> that both of you definitely probably told me to shut up. <laughs> I, I, remember, I don't remember in that movie. It was in Tremors. And that was because we were outside and she was just <laughs> on it. Like it was yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah. And I and I remember going and looking at her and saying, Carrie, I paid to see this movie. Which is funny because we didn't pay. I think it was a free movie. Yeah. But I was like, I came to see this movie. For that, I could have just stayed home and had you reenact it. And actually, oh, before we, should, we die. We should do that, please, with over. puppets. Yes. You're going to reenact this movie. I will. So this movie has some veteran actors. It has, well, actually now, considered it's been 35 years, they're all veterans. <clears throat> yeah, they're all veterans now. Unfortunately, a lot have left this uh, this plane, uh, but uh, Diane Weist Love. is in the movie, plays Lucy. Wink. Not has to be a nod to Bram Stoker. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Ed Herman, who's Max. Love. Oh, Max Shrek. Wink. Another a little nod there. Is that also another nod? Okay. Corey Haim, who's plays Sam. We have Corey Feldman, one of the Fog Brothers. Keith Sutherland is David. Jason Patrick is Michael. Uh, Jamie Gertz is Star. And Alex Winter is Marco. And you know what? There's other people, too, in the movie. Oh, the grandfather is a veteran, but I forgot his name. Uh, Bernard Hughes, is that it? Bernard Hughes, yes. Yes. Well, we should have asked Gary. Any, any, <laughs> from now on, any question we have is going to be yes. redirected to Carrie. Carrie, just fill in. Don't even wait. You know what's sad is I don't actually know who that actor is. I've just seen the behind-the-scenes commentary so many times that I remember them saying, but I think they pronounced it Barnard Hughes. Probably. I just That's just off the top of my head. Barnard. He gets the best line of the movie. The ending line of it, yeah. All the damn vampires. Yep. This film came out in 1987, July 31st, 1987. So it would be 35 years to the month that this film came out. It was a box office hit. It only cost $8 million to make, a little over $8 million. And it made over $30 million, which was a big deal back in 1987. Yeah, back before you had to make a billion dollars your opening weekend to be considered a yes. success. So now, This movie also, unfortunately, completely destroyed another movie that we love, The Monster Squad. Yeah, it oblivion. came out like the next week and no one gave a shit because they were all busy watching Lost Boys. How funny that your favorite movie went up against mine. Yeah, which is crazy because... The marketing obviously was terrible, and we've seen the marketing for the Monster Squad, like some of the posters that came oh, out. Oh, the, the, the statutory rap one? Yeah, statutory rap. No, that's so bad. <laughs> so bad. 
I um, thought that was a good idea. <laughs> that definitely did not work. But <clears throat> one film is for kids, and the other one is for, I would say, adults. I would, a teenage adult. I wouldn't have my daughter... Let's well, technically my daughter's four, but I wouldn't have like a ten year old watch Lost Boys. And I was been watching that since I was probably two. Which is crazy because because the Monster Squad would not fit in today's like it would be very it's very on PC. Yeah. The some of the things that are said in the film would not live up to today. Uh so you know, unfortunately, that's it doesn't you know stand the test of time it does for me i love the movie i love both films but what i find interesting about the lost boys is it's one of those films that broke it's actually for me and you know jump in send me the instagram messages whatever the first horror film like vampire horror film that came out that was, I guess, I don't want to say sexy. Sexy. That's how it's described. But it's de- it definitely sets apart from what we have known about vampires. You know, where we all know about, obviously, Bram Stoker's, you know, vampire. That world of vampires. We know about, what's his face? Max Shrek, you know. Yeah. Um, for the damn name. Nosferatu. Um, you know, and I don't want to have sex. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. All these old vampire movies, all the, the hammer ones, all, I, I've never wanted to bang any of the vampires in those films. Okay. Maybe some of the chicks look hot, but the guys, I was like, no, this is why the guys had the powers of like entrancing the women because there was no way a woman in the right mind would be like, yes, I'm going to let you have sex with me and suck all my blood out. No. But you get David, Michael, yeah. and one of those other guys, maybe. Some of those other guys looked a little too, for me. I didn't like the hair. But definitely <laughs> David or Michael. The one from Bill and Ted, I hated his Alex hair. Alex Winter, yeah. His hair was so, so bad. It's really bad. All the, the other ones... Because that was their actual hair. Yeah. And also that was the style. It was the style back in the day. The they were, doing, they they were, were being hip, work. cool guys. Yeah. I want to have sex with those guys. So, but, and yet we have a comedy. It's a little horror. So it had a mix of different genres within it. And then adding on to the veteran actors, or I, I should say at the time, the very good actors. You have Ed um, Herman and Diane Weist as, you know, the adults, adults yes. in the film. And everything just, the chemistry of it all just really worked. Yeah, and I'm old enough to remember when it first came out, and there were a lot of people that were loving it for the reasons that you said, and there were a bunch of people that hated it for all those reasons. Because it was like, oh, this is a vampire movie? It's an MTV vampire It was the movie. sparkling vampire of its time to yeah. some people. To some people, they hated it. They were like, no vampires are not running around and riding on motorcycles and blah and all this. It's like, eh. there's room for other interpretations, but you know how people are. They can't accept a lot of new things right away. A few years go by and everybody loves it. But at first there was those, it's like the whole thing with Star Trek. Next Generation came out and everybody hated it. They're like, oh God, this show is so terrible. A couple of years go by and they're like, this, this show is okay. Yeah, it broke the mold for a lot of things. The other thing is it's set in Santa Cruz, California. That when you think of California, you think sun, bright, happy. You know, you don't think vampires. Well, Santa Carla. Well, Santa but Carla. But it's actually Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. Yes. 
but they didn't want the trope of actually being the murder capital of the world. <laughs> yeah, they thought that might hurt tourism. Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine why. But yeah, so like I said, I remember everyone, I was a lot of among the horror fans, but like I said, were not pleased with the movie. They thought it was too too MTV-ish. They're like, oh, this is just this is just a sell. It's like a big, long video. Well, and they must have not been part of the $30 million that, you know. Oh, no, they were. They just went and saw it and complained about it. <laughs> they went back home and they wrote long letters, because as you did at the time, you write a letter to wherever it was. You wrote, a letter, was to, you wrote a letter to Fangoria bitching about it. There was no internet to or people to troll anymore. Thank God. No, you just had to go and write to Fangoria. Which I love when they show the old Fangoria letter columns where people are writing in and like, oh, Jesus Christ, The Shining is the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Someone should take away the camera from Stanley Kubrick. And you're like, okay. There's always that one guy. You know, if you are going to be a vampire, I feel like you you definitely, I, I feel like the 80s would have been a total bitch in time to be a vampire. Especially in California. I mean, God, all the... People out on the boardwalk, walking around, you know, having fun out there. Like, I'm sure they all tasted yummy, you know. <laughs> I'm probably doing a lot of coke. Ooh, no. I feel like that would make a, that would make like, ooh, is that like the rabies, like, a uh, vampire, like a vampire that, <laughs> a vampire that bites someone that has done coke. And then the vampire becomes ravenous and crazy because they got the coke in their blood because Maybe. they ingest they, they get that in their blood I system mean. and then they become crazy and then they're just like Rah! are like, they is that like an extra spice to them or something I think like, it's just like an extra spice no nah, I would say it would affect them the same way that it would affect a human person and then are, are these vampires then this is the other thing with vampires are they the living dead or are they the undead I don't think they actually kind of cover I think that the living dead. Right? You're going to say the living dead? I'll say dead? living dead. Yeah, I think so too. Because they don't look dead. The they undead is more zombie. Alive. Well, no. There's a, there's a lot of there's a, zombies. There's a lot of vampires out there that they're, when they're, you look at what the characteristic, they're like the undead vampires. Yeah, some of them, like the Anne Rice always describes them as they all get super pale and they get like... Those characteristics. Gaunt. Of like, yeah, they get kind of like gaunt and pale and they don't. They and Rice vampires seem to lose their sex drive, whereas they didn't certainly didn't lose their sex drive in Lost Boys. Hell, <laughs> they were all well, out there trying to get. They didn't really have a sex drive, to be fair. Well, it was perceived. Yeah, it was perceived. They didn't. We didn't really see them per se. Yeah, banging any girls. Obviously, that would have been a whole other. Movie. I mean, David had Star, but and was she really his? I mean, I felt like she was. Just, she was like an abused woman trying to get away. I was going to say an abused dog. Wow. Damn. Not that he treated her like a dog, but like, I guess abuse woman would be better. Yeah, well, you know, since she was one. Yeah. So are there, so we know that um, they're able to turn into, this is the other thing, like the whole vampire lord, like, are they shapeshifters? Can they turn into bats? Can they turn into dogs? Can they turn into, can they do the fog? They left it very ambiguous. Yeah. Except their feet were like bat like yeah i kind of felt like they if they'd had more money they might have shown them actually transform into like a bat a creature because they do fly but they never show them flying and yeah. they do transform in their face and obviously when they're sleeping their feet are like bats feet hmm. so i always thought if they'd had the money they would have shown them be like a, kind of like a full bat creature 
But then I don't want to have sex with that. So maybe they didn't. That's why they didn't. They didn't want to ruin that. Carrie's looking at me like, don't you? <laughs> Bad feet, wink. He's oh, hanging upside God. down from the ceiling, holding you. Those tonos were funky. It's like, come on, that, they couldn't fit in those boots. Let's. Well, they gotta take their feet. They gotta change their feet back before they put the boots on. Oh. Because they don't have to be buying boots all the damn time. Because they're yeah. They're you want your feet to vamp out in there. Which know. this was the movie that introduced the whole vamp out phrase that everybody uses from then on too. Max's outfits. Yes. So I know, obviously, this is set in the 80s. And, of course, when I think of Max's outfits, I think of uh, Back to the Future, the Doc, Doc Brown's outfits. Yeah, the... it's the big oversized jacket, which is weird because that jacket I bought is kind of like the one he's wearing, the checkered black and white one. Yeah, I, I, I love his... It's like the, the talking heads kind of suit where everybody has the big shoulders that you can move around in. Yes. How, like, <laughs> ridiculous... And his stature. I mean, he's fucking huge. Yeah, that guy is giant. I always thought he, you know, Edward Herman, they should have just picked him to play Herman Munster at some point. It would have been perfect. Because of his last name yes. and his stature? How, how dare you? How tall do you think he is? I think he was... He's what I thought. 6'11". Wait, is that no. a... No. Is that a... Is that a, a height? Yes. You know, yes. I'm really terrible with math. Um, 6'3". Higher. Higher than 6'3", either. 6'7". Lower. 6'6". 6'6". 6'5". 6'5", yes. <laughs> She's higher, lower, higher, lower. We're not on the prices right here. <laughs> What's my price? <laughs> Dude, I want to watch this. And then his glasses. Yeah, like, I feel like he was also wearing shoulder pads. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can't have you can't be in an '80s movie and not be wearing fucking shoulder pads at one point. Diane Weiss is wearing well, that's shoulder fair, pads. Those very much a woman thing because it made their shoulders broader, like a man's. The men also wear the shoulder pads. Believe me, they also have the shoulder pads. The fin- the guys that were dressing like that, like the whole like I don't want to say new wave, but esque, yeah, new wave esque, which... new wave for an older person. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. But he's supposed to have, like, you know, when you think of, like, a vampire, we think of, like, they're affluent, they're worldly, yes. you know, um, they're they're well-mannered because they have to have charm, yes. you know. I and, never thought of that. And he had all of those things. Yes. And know? Diane Weiss is just, like, to me, she's the epitome of, like, a mom. For like, sure. That parenthood, like, she, and I just find her amazing. She's... If I ever wanted a mom that's from a movie... That would be the mom. Likewise. It would be Diane Weiss. 1,000%. Yeah. For sure, Diane Weiss, yes. Because she's total mom material. She's she's the mom's mom. And which is why he wanted her. Because he needed someone to... He needed a mom to control these unruly... These lost boys. Yes. You know? It was he, all about her. He needed a, a Wendy. If he was going to be Peter Pan. That's he needed so a Wendy. True. Yeah. Because they talked a lot, a lot about that in the behind the scenes. Oh, they did. Okay, I'm that right. it was originally supposed to be like younger kids and very much a Lost Boys, Wendy, Peter Pan kind of thing. And Joel Schumacher is the one that came in and said, "Let's sex it up and make them older." Joel Schumacher was all about sexing it up. Let's put the nipples on the bat suit. <sighs> Let's do all this. Let's get going. He really wanted to sex it up. Bat suit. Okay, not not to detract from the. 
from the Lost Boys. If the bat suit is supposed to be a man's chest, it's gonna have nipples. That it's is not obviously true. emulating a bat. Do bats have nipples? I don't know. I think you know. I know what Are I think they, they actually do. I think they actually have mammals, some kind yeah. of nipples. They're they mammals, do. so they would. Yes, I'm going on. Bats do have nipples, and you heard it here first, guys. Jump scare podcast. <laughs> bats have nipples. <laughs> And Batman. Oh, that's a good, like, bad made-for-TV sci-fi movie. <laughs> <laughs> the bats who have nipples. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So do they have nipples, Carrie? According to Google, they have awesome nipples. Oh, amazing. I need to be a bat. Yes. They have teats. Bat me up. What is your favorite scene i already know what your i know what your favorite scene is carrie but tell the world what your favorite scene is in the film it's the concert with tim capello is that what you're thinking tim capello yes a sweetheart who we got to meet got to oh i almost bought baby oil from him but i got some <laughs> um something signed that i can't find <clears throat> i know i can't find it um we got to see him in concert thrust in that what is it called? Cog piece? Yeah, the cog piece. Yeah. Thrusting <laughs> around, and he's lovely. Um, but yeah, I love that scene. There's many scenes I like. What were we watching that we saw? It was a Tina Turner concert, right? Yeah. And he was, I don't remember what we were watching, but he obviously, that he was with her for many years, um, touring as a saxophonist. Until yes, and then he... I actually watched, there's something on Netflix that he's on. Yeah, it's a show about, like, celebrity stories or something like and that. And he said that yeah. it, it was, he was huge, like, touring. All the musicians in the 80s had saxophonists, and then it, it just he said, it, well, he specifically away. said Nirvana killed it. Yeah, he went Because when away. everybody came out, with when Nirvana came out, and everybody was like, oh, we got to have grunge now. He's like, saxophones. But it is coming back. I've been hearing saxophones in... Saxophones are awesome. Yes. He's like he's like Nirvana with the whole grunge. Nobody wanted a happy saxophone playing in the background. He's like that was the end of it. I'm gonna tell you right now. In the, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Tinkabello like pop up. That would be a crazy fucking skit. Like pop up in one of like the Nirvana videos. And he's playing a saxophone gyrating. But it's like grunge saxophone. Yeah, sax, like, <laughs> grunge sax. The sax is wearing a plaid shirt. It's like painted plaid. Or, yeah, that would be funny. And he's like a low-down saxophone. Or his like, cod piece has like a tied um, plaid That's around it. That's what I thought. Like, you know. <laughs> What's your favorite? I, wait, before I ask you this, did you see this film in the movie theater? Yes, I did. You did. I think maybe you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I did. I thought you were going to ask me, and I say, well, I was born four months after it was released. I'm, so I'm, she might have, for all we know. So I just happened to have four older 80s siblings, 80s baby siblings, who were watching it, and I got to see it when I was very young, because... When you're number four, it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, they're like, oh, whatever. You're yeah. alive. You're I, I saw it in the theaters, and then I left the theater and went. Do you still have the ticket stuff? It was just a red thing, like a red ticket. It wasn't a printed They didn't app. have printed tickets those oh. they didn't. That didn't start until, well, at least in Joplin, it didn't start It was until. like a carnival ticket, like one, at bit one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of them until, it wasn't probably like the year after this that the theater started putting in the ones that actually had the name on them. Because you could have saved it, but it wouldn't have meant anything. 
But no, I left the theater and drove out to the mall and went into Musicland and bought the soundtrack on vinyl. Wow. I have myself. Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have it, yeah. Why has you this do? never been played? Uh, it's in the collection over there. Is it? Oh, yep. shit. I don't remember. I don't remember even seeing that. It's in there. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, I just, you know, the fact that you could still go to the music store on the mall. That was a thing, you know? Yeah, well, fuck, it was 1987. Nothing, Everything was at the mall. Yeah, nothing. The mall was the place, as this generation has learned via watching Stranger Things Season 3. You um, had the mall at one end that was B. Dalton and Musicland. At the other end was Walden Books and Camelot Music. So you had your choice of which one you were going to go to. Go out to the mall, look and see who had it a little bit cheaper, and then go back. No, I was always about Walden <laughs> Books because Walden Books, at least the one I went to, Walden Books always had every single thing by Earl Stein, all the Fear Streets, and the Christopher Pikes, and the Babysitter's Club. So when I would go to Barnes & Noble, it was like slim pickets. I was like, what is this? So Walden Books was my place, and I was devastated. At the mall I grew up at in Joplin, the Walden Bookstore was the small one. The B. Dalton was the giant one that was like spread out with like places to sit down and read and everything. And it was the same way with like Musicland and Camelot. Musicland was huge, had all these things, you know, had a ton of stuff. And then Camelot was really small. So it was like they had like each end had a small one, music store and a big bookstore on each end. Do you of remember it. Peaches? Oh, yes. I, remember I went that. to the no. Peaches up I, here. No, they didn't have that. They met Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler. Wow. I know. Don't ask me why. Yeah, no, I think that's more of a southern uh, store. I may be wrong, but it was that's how big. I know Peaches. It was like, what's the one in California? Something Records? Tower. Yeah, don't they have like Tower Yeah, there's Tower stores? Yeah. It, it was similar to that. Let's get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> this happens on other podcasts when people are on, they just start talking about I random know. bullshit. Um, we got to reel it in. Reel yeah. it in back to the... 35th anniversary of the Lost Boys. So I think when you asked me, we never get to answer it. My favorite part of it was, I always loved the very end where they're having to fight off all the vampires. Because it was the first one where you actually saw them go and like get the holy water and put it in squirt guns. Yeah, that was pretty good. What and then, you know, just with all this, you know, they got, they didn't just get the little stakes. They had to do it. They filled the bathtub with holy water. They did all that kind of stuff. I thought that was great. They Before this was a thing, they home alone did. Yeah, which yeah. you can't reference. You can't say the home alone because that hadn't happened yet. But yes, they booby trapped the whole house, which is really smart. Yeah, and also something you typically don't see in a vampire film because a lot of vampire films either happen at the lair of the vampire or like out and about, but never like in someone's house per se, with the exception of Friday Nights. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite vamp well you know what i love all vampire films because i want to become a vampire i'm just she actually does this is not this has been many conversations i could have a conversation all day every day about my want of becoming a vampire like when true blood the first you know episode came out and i was like man is that gonna happen like like an idiot i'm like Man, wouldn't that be so cool if they've been living amongst us this whole time and they come out and get integrated into society and then you could choose to be a vampire? I'm so there. Like, I was one, I bought the True Blood drink. I was you one of those. Did. I did. I was one of those creepazoids. Yeah, the me. first season of that was pretty good. After that, it started slowly going down. No, no, it slowly went down after season three. Excuse me. You hadn't even seen the rest. I at least saw 
you know, we're, we're still talking about vampires. This is true. <laughs> I did the real inside. Now, the your favorite part, that part, yes, the showdown. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you, sir, because you are, and I forgot the name of the crazy Stephen King people. Let me retract that. The amazing Stephen King fans. What's the What's the name of the fans? We had a whole party. There's like a certain name of Stephen King fans. Nevertheless. The constant readers. Yes. The constant oh, readers. Cool. Hello. How could I forget that? Hello. We had a whole party on it. The constant readers. This question is for you. Yes. When did Salem's Law come out? 78. Uh, it was a little, might have been in 77. Oh, I was total guess. Yeah. Okay, so the scene where, because I didn't want to say, the scene where Michael's at the window and he's trying to get Sam to open the window, that's literally so Salem's Law in the scene where... It's the comedy version of it where he can't oh, control himself. Oh, so too funny. Which they did again in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Yes. But you know, yes, they were all kind of parodying the Salem. Cat. No, he's, he was trying to get Luke oh, I thought Perry he meant to he open was the having window. trouble with it. It's like you're floating, man. Get yeah. out of here. Oh, yeah, love it. Yeah, everybody's made fun of or did different homages to that ever since Salem's Lot because that original scene is just so creepy. They did one on The Simpsons where it's Millhouse scratching or Bart scratching on the window to get Millhouse <laughs> to open the window yeah, and I that. that. So yeah, they've. I, it's hard to top that scene, even in the original movie when they did it. He's just floating out there, scratching on the window. That's so creepy. I don't have a favorite scene, like a whole scene. I just love the end when the grandpa, when the grandpa's like, "Oh yeah, you know, if this place is great with the exception of the fucking vampires." I know that Carrie, who I'm going to ask now, I'm turn to Carrie. What is the line, Carrie? It might be paraphrasing a bit, but. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could. I never could stand with stand all the goddamn all the damn vampires. He knew the whole motherfucking time. Yeah. It's like you knew there was vampires. It's a different story. Like you're gonna go to Grandpa's house. He but has roaches. To be, to be fair, it, it could also be like a oh aliens came down to Earth. Well, yeah, there's always been aliens. Yeah, kind of thing. But I think they played that into the sequel that they wanted to make. Because, again, if you watch the commentary, the original, there was a scene that was cut out where there was a mural of Max, the head vampire painted from, like, way back in the day that he's been in the area for a long time. And it was going to be Lost Girls. Mm. And it was going to be the equivalent of, like, his boys, but his girls. I mean, to be fair, you can't, you can't say, oh, there's only, in Santa Clara, there's only, like, seven vampires around there's gonna be sex of you know different vampires living throughout all of california and just the world you know max wasn't the only vampire so to make a sequel wouldn't be too hard because it would have just been like the town over or you know and also they never showed him die technically that's true because he was impaled through the stomach not necessarily his heart and we all know oh also that the heart's not in the stomach. No. <laughs> There's controversy about if David was actually dead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because. Nothing happened to him. Everybody else had some kind of reaction. Yeah, it, he wasn't, one, he wasn't stabbed in the heart. And two, what he was stabbed with was bone or antler. It was not wood. Does it have to be wood, though? I think if you just, 
It's if, always had to be wood. It's always been wood. There's stab... another vampire movie called Vamp where they stab a vampire through the heart with like a wooden stake. And then later he comes back and goes, this is particle board. It didn't count. And just pulls the stake out and throws it aside because it's like the, you know, it's like it didn't count for whatever reason. This was their joke in that. They were like, yeah, it was, it was particle board or formica, something like that. It didn't really count. See, the issue with the, I need to, and I never read Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, I don't know if you have, but why does it have to be wood? If I had to take now, I believe they covered this in that Dracula 2000 or one of those like terrible 90s Dracula movies that came out where the wood probably came from like the tree from like Adam and Eve tree or like the tree of life or something. Some like religious tree, like the wood came from there and that because it was holy wood and that's why it was used to... Well, the whole thing with it was it had to be a wooden stake because, uh, what's his name, Vlad the Impaler impaled everyone on stakes and hung them off. Mm, okay. So, and he put them on wooden stakes. So, so it was, was kind of like, oh, fuck you, like you did this to everybody and now this is how we're going to get you. This is how we're going to get you. This is how it gets back to you, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, the kind of the irony of that's the thing that'll kill him is the thing that he killed everybody with in life. I'm sorry, if I, if I pierce you in the heart with... A pipe. I feel like you should just die. You have no heart now. But, but it this is a thing. Is it is it the undead or the living dead? And I feel like that's where it makes it. Because if it was the living dead, if you stab someone in the heart, they're going to fucking die. But if it's the undead, they're already dead. And if you stab them in the heart, it doesn't matter because there's no blood flowing in their veins to, you know, in their body. So they're already dead. So well, the blood came out and it was like black when it came out. So That's because they were evil. Yeah. <laughs> They were really, really, really evil. Well, that's hard to say. They would have probably got into that in the sequels to it. But, yeah, you know, everything invents its own rules with it. Maybe in theirs, it just has to be anything through as the heart. As long as it didn't sparkle. <laughs> now, I know, and you can talk more about this, um, Shad, because you grew up reading comic books. Comic books was a big thing at one point. Comic books were like looked down upon. It was like, what are you reading? Why you know reading comic books? Yeah, who's doing that? Now the whole scene where we meet uh, Edgar Frog and other Frog brother, um, Alan, Edgar Alan, Edgar and Alan Frog. No, his name was Alan. I can't yes, it was Edgar and Alan Frog. I can't. I can't. And they have hippie parents. Alan. Who read Alan, Edgar Allan Poe? Obviously, yeah, Edgar Allan. Edgar. Okay, I get it now. Um, they were in the comic book shop, which I find hilarious that the Frog Brothers, their fucking like source of research material is a comic book. That we know, we don't know that though. He's reading a comic book. And yeah. it's, but it's he's just saying his comic books are, they're based off of real life. Because he also said there's ghouls and werewolves in um, City Hall or something along those lines. Which would expand that universe. And I would also accept if they would have had that in like the sequel this is yeah. one i'm surprised that they haven't remade to be quite honest i can see this if they were going to remake this i think they ought to do it as like a tv series i this is a film that should never be touched and i'm going to tell you why because it's going to be uh stranger things whatever's hot whenever they decide to make this and that's what they're going to base it on 
It's going to be and very Facebooks. trendy, Stephen King, uh, uh, Stranger Things slash Fear Street, which are fucking hated, whatever, hate me out there in the world. I did not like Fear Street. That's because I am literally in, like, love the Fear Street universe, and they just totally made those movies, the first two, anyway. It's just very, the whole overall look and the homages, it's just too much. So... I didn't care for any of that. I don't think that it would fare well. And you're not going to get that same chemistry. There's no Diane Weist out there for me. There's no Keith or Sutherland. Like, no. there's no Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. It was like perfect chemistry between everyone. And that's what made it such a great movie and a, and a classic. And you can't redo that again. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. Which is crazy because... If someone would tell me maybe in the 90s, a bit, no, because in the 90s they ruined everything. So no, because <laughs> I was going to say, well, someone could say that about The Fly or The Thing or any other of the other three films because <laughs> there's like yeah, five. Yeah, but there's such a difference in... That came out. Well, that's because those films are all black and white. You know, they're older films that don't have any you know, practical effects. They don't have any of that. And then these people that were so in love with those films that grew up like John Carpenter and Cronenberg, they literally loved them so much. They wanted to recreate them and add on to it, you know? And when you really love something, that's when you're able it wasn't to. Because you're artists. It wasn't about making a cash grab. Exactly. That's what it's about 98% of the time It's for the love of the film and the love of what they're capable of doing with the quote-unquote technology and the meaning, the practical effects that they're able to pull off. Well, at least one thing they can do now, they wouldn't have to wear the painful contacts. That's true. That's the only, I know That'd be nice for them. They did complain about that. You know, it, because they're fucking, they encompass your whole eye. And they weren't like the... And can blind you. Yeah, they're they were, fucking they were glass. glass. They were like yeah. actual glass ones, so... Fun fact... They made a artistic decision instead of putting the fangs on the stereotypical canine teeth, they put it on the second tooth um, on the outside of the big tooth, which made it look a little different. Made it look freaky. Yeah. Sexy. I let them bite me. Now, there's a novelization of this that I've been trying to find forever, but maybe they'll put it out again because they're starting to reissue. There's a company it's called Encyclopedia Apocalyptica. That they're reissuing a lot of the horror movie novelizations you from the eighty. Email them. I'm sure people probably have because they did the they re put out the Fright Night one. They reissued it. And we got it because you know you try to find some of these novelizations and they're like two hundred dollars for a I beat know. up copy that looks like someone drug it behind their car. And it's like no, but they make an offer. Be like, I'll give you twenty bucks. And they uh, they've even had people write some new ones novelizations of horror movies from the eighties that never got one. That they're like, hey, let's let's just have somebody write this, and they've that's been really doing cool. it. So that's kind of cool. But in the novelization of this, apparently the big difference is the scene where they attack the guys on the beach and kill them. That was actually like a rival gang of theirs. It was like, like someone a rival vampire gang. No, like not a vampires, but just like humans that they had would you know um, kind of fuck when with. They were human. No, just that they were like another big gang on the mm, on the on the boardwalk on the boardwalk and all that. And they were kind of interfering with them and messing with, you know, they got into fights before. So when they saw them out there alone, they just jumped them. 
in the book, they're also like supposed to be. That's why you see several of them are bald. They're also skinheads. Yes. So that's why they're like, you know, it's the, they, in the novelization they call them like the surf Nazis. They just refer to them as the surf Nazis. Because, they actually refer to that, I think, in the behind the scenes too. Yeah, so that's why the thing is, so it kind of showed that, like, hey, these guys are vampires, but they don't tolerate any Nazi bullshit, because as soon as they got the chance, they wouldn't kill those guys immediately. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I thought that was a neat addition to it, that, you know, if they did do a new version of it, that would be something to put in, it would be kind of cool. And I think if they're going to update it, they ought to do the Lost Girls version of it, too. Because then you wouldn't have quite so many comparisons to all the guys. And be like, well, that guy's no key for they Sutherland. They can't. Or, it would just, there's nothing that'll be good about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we kind of got a Lost Girls film with the film Bite. Yeah. Right? So, and I like that film. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good film. It was pretty good. Did I, I see this? No. I don't think so. It's it's pretty good. It's It's a little different. It is a little bit in the Lost. Yeah, it is kind of a Lost Boys thing where she goes to, uh, she goes from like a small town out to California to stay with her brother and she falls in with a group of female vampires. Mm. It's pretty decent. It was at Popcorn Frights one year and yeah. it, it's, a, it's a low budget kind of thing, but not to where it hurts it really. Like they, they kept the story within the budget, you know. Some of these things they tried to make like a low budget movie, but they have a script that needs more money, so it doesn't work out. But they kept it within the, within reason, so it did pretty good. Now another uh, vampire movie that came out this same year that also was very different than everything that came out was Near Dark. Oh wow. yes, that Which... movie came out like a few months later, but it was like a three million dollar movie. I don't particularly like that movie. I think it's cool that it's got all the Terminator people, but... Well, yeah, it was from... Uh, or Alien, also. Yeah. It's literally all the cast of Aliens. They get That's what they... it was. It was Aliens, yeah. Yeah, because it's Bill Paxton, Lance Henriksen, and Jeanette Goldstein. And then it's... Uh, what's her name? Cameron's ex that directed it. Uh, that's bugging me. I can't think of her name now. But yeah, she... The one that won the Academy Award? Yes. Cat, uh, Hill? Caroline... Catherine Hill, I want to say. No. Give me a second. I'm looking at that. I totally blanked on her name. But yeah, that's where she got all these people because they were, you know, she was still friends with Cameron. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Hey. And Catherine. written by the guy who wrote The Hitcher. Oh, I so, love that film. Yeah. I've Such never a good seen movie. it. I want to. Oh, it's really Isn't great. there a remake with Sean Bean? Yes, yes, and it's not good. Stay away from it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's another one that. Uh, you know, broke a lot of the vampire moles. They had people doing different things. But in the same way, it's very similar to Lost Boys because you've got, like, the family. It's like the man and woman. They're, like, adopting like a little... family unit. Yeah, they're like the family unit and everything. You've got, like, the parents, which is Lance Henriksen, Jeanette Goldstein, and then kind of the kids, which is the younger boy, and the... Uh, I hate that guy. I hate that boy actor. That not that, that the, the kid from The Worst Witch? The brother? No. From Teen Witch? Oh, the, yes, Teen Witch. Yes, and I Teen hate, Witch. I hate him there, too. Yeah, I love that kid. Hey, that kid went to, that kid made Final Girls. Oh, that's good. He should never be in front of the camera again. I'm dead. <laughs> you know why I said the worst witch? I have a weird photographic memory, because yesterday I was looking through my VHSs, and I have the worst witch VHS. <laughs> do you do? Yes, I do. And it literally stood why out. Why have I never seen this? 
I don't know. <laughs> we have to do a worse witch podcast. Okay, reel it back in. Reel, reel it, now we're going into the witches. Near Dark. So I'm going to tell you, I own like the special edition of this movie. Like the like beautiful packaging. It has like a shimmery like background yeah, yeah. effect, right? And I couldn't, and I seen this movie, I want to say two times. I don't remember anything about this movie. I don't remember anything about it either. That there's a van and there's driving and the vampires. That's I it. don't know anything about this movie either. We I, have to watch this movie because I don't remember a lick of it. And also I feel like it's one of the movies that I'm like, I bought it because I feel like you have to have this movie. <laughs> and also I love vampires. So I feel like I have to own like... Well, this is one of the first things that had uh, Adrian Pazdar in it. He went on to be in that show Prophet. He was in Heroes. He's done a lot of good things. And I got to meet him at one of the conventions. And, of course, everybody at the time was there to talk to him about Heroes. <clears throat> I had all the questions about Near Dark, which he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, we spent like $3 million to make that movie. And it turned out great. He goes, they're about to remake it now with a $50 million budget. And it's going to be terrible. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's like, that movie was designed to be a low-budget movie, not a big-budget thing. He's like, that's why they didn't even show the fangs on the vampires, because we didn't have money to make fangs. They just showed them biting and just ripping everybody's throat out. He's like, that, that's why, because we couldn't afford it. It's like, now they're going to ruin this whole little, little low-budget movie we did by doing it with a $50 million thing. He's like, yeah, I, I don't plan to see that one. It never came to pass. They never made it, but... He was very offended by the fact that they were going to spend $50 million to make this movie that they all got paid nothing for, you know? I'm sure. So this was Catherine Bigelow's first directorial debut, and then fucking 20,000 years later, she was an Academy Award. Like <laughs> For what? Zero Dark Thirty? Yeah. Yeah. So it's so crazy how you can... I mean, she's done all different kinds of genres. I think it was The Hurt Locker she got it for, wasn't it? Or is it The Hurt Locker? She did both. So... Oh. She, maybe she won twice. No, I think she just won once. But she was the first woman to feel win Best That's Director. That's what it so. was. Yeah. We're going to go with the... It's going to be the Hurt Locker. I think it's Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, silence as we look up this movie. Do, 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 do. It's it's uh, the Hurt Locker. Yeah. yeah. Yep, she won an Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay. Wasn't right. this also the first movie of the Corys? Yes. Lost Boys was the first one they were in together. And then after that, <clears throat> they were in so many. Was it seven? I think so, yeah. I remember going, also going to see License to Drive when I was in high school, I too. I love that. love that movie. Not because I was particularly excited to see it, just because it was the big group thing that a whole bunch of people are like, oh, like nine of us are all going to see License to Drive. Do you want to go? Yeah, sure. It was a cute movie. It was um, fine. Dream a little it. dream. Never saw it. Part that one, one I never saw. Not part two. I've never seen anything else with the two of them in it. What? No. I mean, to be fair, you did see the. You said you did say the first time you saw this movie, you were like two years old. So. Yeah, very obsessed with Kiefer Sutherland. You get a pass. as like a child. As a child, he was my first crush. Is Kiefer Sutherland as David? You know what I feel kind of pissed off about. Now that I'm really thinking about like actors and uh, vampire films and whatnot, we never got to see James Spader as a vampire because, man, he would have been one sexy motherfucking vampire. 
but we did get to see him as a werewolf, so I feel like you got to see check. him naked, floating, and having sex in space in zero gravity. In Supernova. Oh, I never saw that movie. Yeah. Well, you need to see that. You need he? to see. He's literally naked. Well, who was it? Angela Bassett. Or? Yeah, Angela Bassett, and then you also see uh, Robin. What's her name from the craft folding around, having sex naked in that Robin too? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't care about any of those. I want him to be a vampire. I don't care about him floating around in space, and it's a space naked, movie, which is why I didn't see it. I've seen him naked before. Or something like it's that. an event horizon kind of thing. Oh, then I definitely would not be watching. Oh the no, film. that movie really freaks me out. That movie is fucking terrifying. So, do you want to discuss? I kind of like with touching base with the whole comic book thing, but that's my favorite. I love that scene because for me, unlike Carrie, Which who scene? opposes when he, they meet the Frog Brothers, oh, I meet love that. Sam, I love that scene. You know how their their knowledge of vampire hunting and killing came from the comic books that they write. I guess I never thought about it that way. Um. And because they give they give Sam the comic book, they're like read this, and yeah. he takes it home and he's reading it because it has the fucking crazy. Which story. apparently they still have that comic like signed by the whole cast on display at that comic store out there in Santa Cruz. That you would can, be amazing to you, go to. They allow you to hold it and take <gasps> your picture with it. That's amazing. I'm sure it's in a protective cover though. Well, I mean, they take it out and let you look at it and like touch it. Do yeah, it really? says they actually let you take it out and like hold it and take a picture of it. That's fantastic. I might have to go to California after all. Yes, I would go. Well, I have to go to California for many reasons because it's like the <clears throat> horror capital of the world. Like it has all the amazing horror things. Damn you, California! Well, the thing with it too is like talking about the comic books. In the seventies, really big thing to do for the comic books was whatever was big in movies, rip it off and make a comic of it. Because in the 70s, when all the Dracula movies were coming out and they were super popular, that's when Marvel decided to come out with a comic book about Dracula, The Tomb of Dracula. A werewolf movie came out and got big. Oh, we got a werewolf by night comic. You get a kung fu movie that's real big. Oh, we got Iron Fist. They would, Whatever came out movie-wise that was popular, they immediately ripped it off and made a comic book of it. That's why when all the like movies about Satan came out, you had the comic book just called Son of Satan. Or they just literally had a character named Damien Hellstrom, who was the son of the devil out doing, you know, different things. They were just blatant about it. They were like, fuck you. You can't copyright the name Damien or you can't copyright being the son of Satan. So we're just going to rip it off. Or Ghost Rider or any of that stuff. When they were just like, oh, demons and horror are big. We're going to start a whole bunch of horror shit. Yeah. So that's probably what they're kind of referencing there is like. These kids weren't old enough to see all these movies, but they were old enough to read all the comic books about them from working in the store. Exactly. It was appropriate for the age range that these kids were because they were kids. Obviously, they weren't hopping. There was no internet. They weren't hopping the internet to Google these things, you know, to do the fast Google where the first, you know, fucking search is everything you need to know about vampires. Oh, yeah, I love those movies where they Google it. It's always the first search. You received ten million dollars. Ten million searches on here. The first one. You know, at that time frame, like the point of reference was like you went to the library, or you went to like if you were, you know, maybe an affluent family, or you had the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Like that's where you would go. You would go down the volume of V for Vampire, you know, and open it up. It wasn't gonna be there. Ugh, I wish that was real today. So. Or you remember <laughs> like, in the, the night- all the like cool books that they actually pull out of the library when they're researching? Like I wish that was real. I always loved the fact that. 
when they go to the library in some of these movies, they just go, let's go to the occult section. Oh, and yeah. there's always like a it. fucking section. They just walk in. And there's like all these like cool old books. Oh, here's Von Richten's Spirit Guide or whatever. Exactly. They pull this giant ass book out. And it's like, why does this fucking library in the middle of nowhere have these goddamn That's what I'm occult sections? You always sections? wish it was actually real. Yeah, it's, yeah, I wish it was, but it was. You Like in my hometown, you went in and asked for the occult section. They were like, uh, one moment, sir. 911, yes, we have a devil worshiper here. Please come like and get it. Like the book him. that they mention in Ghostbusters, the whatever's guy, spiritual guy. spirit guy yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah, they yeah, just go and get that. If that was real, that'd be so cool. I feel like, I'm not going to say that they're in like England. There definitely are libraries, like Oxford Library, like those old libraries that do have books like those. Because they preserve their stuff. And yeah, but you're not going to find that in a library in California. No, you're definitely not going to find that. But I'm just saying, it does exist to some extent, just probably not definitely stateside, unless they bought it over the Mayflower, which obviously they did not. Maybe in like, like Massachusetts <coughs> and stuff. Maybe in Massachusetts there might be something. We have to go hunting. I'm sure there's definitely something like that. But yes, it would be amazing to pull down, you know crazy book I, parchment paper it smells delicious i love the smell of old books well, they actually find a few of those books now that when they've investigated them they turn out to be actually some of the pages and covers are human skin yeah human skin yeah because people were you know that was a thing you could do back in the day i mean you know i'm paper. rich make me a book out of human skin jeeves i desire one i mean if there's just dead i mean if you bought over like influenza if you bought over like diseases and there's just bodies piled up you know let's, <laughs> we need there's no paper like they're we not cutting do down something. trees <laughs> John, they used whatever. to use the fat of hangman, hangman, right? <laughs> As you reference Hocus Pocus, <laughs> but I feel like that's real. Well, like that's the lore of witches, like even the bad, what the lore of bad witches they use the baby fat. Yeah, back, quote unquote Hollywood witches. Back to um, vampires. So I think that we covered everything in the film. <laughs> and a couple of other movies and the yeah. 80s in general it was um, just a the discussion co- the this costuming was beautiful yeah um, I loved every single outfit you just wanted all the stars outfits I oh, wanted she has two outfits I think I wanted stars jacket I wanted the little um, laddie's jacket laddie I wanted his cod piece um wink <laughs> I'd wear that outside right now um one thing I will say, I never thought Michael was sexy when he turned into a vampire. He was definitely more sexy on vampire, I feel. I mean, yes. no, you know what? I have to retract my, because earlier I said that David and Michael became vampires. When they were vampires, they were super hot. For Michael, though, it was the fact that he was a vampire, not so much that he looked good as a vampire. To be honest, they both look terrible as vampires because they're they're scary. No, they don't he look sexy looked, no, with he, the ridges. He looked hot looked like when he vampire. was like half vampire when he was watching them eat like kill the surf Nazis. When and he, he was, was getting when he so was, he was getting like flustered, flustered like yeah when he was getting hard. Hot. Yeah, he was getting hard because yeah. the, the fucking blood was rushing. He was like, no, but like, oh, yeah. so he had like the contacts and like the like the hot skin and like, I'm, look at me right now. You're getting off. <laughs> Sorry, it looks like someone threw a bucket of fucking water on her. <laughs> Get getting, the rag out. She's yes. getting red and sweaty. I, over I'm here. getting like using my hands. Ooh, getting feverish over yes. here. Carrie getting yeah. sweaty. He that to me was like hot. <laughs> 
down. See, this is why they should. Now, this is it's it's the guy's turn. This time, we need to get the Lost Girls yeah, movie but that's with all the hot girls running around in it. I'm just saying. Oh wow, a movie with hot girls. I know. Wow, that's never been done. That's never been done. But we Look, should we should try it. Every horror movie from the beginning of fucking time has fucking girls tits in it. Okay, let's. Let's get some ding swinging. We need some horror ding swinging. There you go. That's the name of my band. Horror ding swinging. Like it. <laughs> what a year. Well, no, I shouldn't say what a year, but Alex Winter, man, he was in that. He was in Bill and Ted. Like, yeah, the very next year he was in Bill and Ted. Has he been in anything else? He's dead, so no. He did a great no, movie if you ever. Care, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead. He is dead. He's not dead. Alex he's not Winter, dead. no, guy. a movie. You just saw them in Bill and Ted. <laughs> the hell? I apologize, guys. This is the second time that I have killed someone on the podcast, and they're still alive. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the other lost boy who died a couple of years yes. ago. Yes. Yes. One of them died. My bad. And I met both of the other two, and it was a disappointing experience. Wow. That's not good. Whoop. Alex Winter directed I think he wrote and directed a great movie if you've never seen it called uh, Freaked where it's just a, it's like an island of Dr. Moreau kind of thing where they take people to this island they all turn I them all into freaks love that movie with Marlon Brando it's so bad yeah, this is not weird. this I is know. not that one but <clears throat> yeah it's uh, it's crazy like like Mr. T is in it as the bearded woman that's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy movie. It's it's fun. You should check it out sometime. Uh, it was Brooke McCarter is the one who passed away. Who passed away in Tampa, Florida. Uh-huh. In, uh I think he was the blonde. Yes, yeah. not mistaken. So uh, one of the many. I, I want to say also, half the cast is dead, but we almost getting there. Uh, there's only three. Unfortunately, well, no, the whole four. cast. The whole cast. There's four that are passed. Um, also, very big controversy because Kiefer Sutherland was engaged to Julia Roberts and she left him for Jason Patrick. Ooh. Like a week or two before the wedding or something along that line. She pulled a runaway bride before she was the runaway bride? Yep. Wow. wow that must have been awkward when they were in that, uh, was it, uh... Well, they've only now, like, reconciled, apparently. What was that movie they were in, though, together, like... It was a couple years after this. The uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't even know they were together. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Also, I can't think of the name I'm of sure movie she now. regrets that because who's more famous? No offense. She when, is. <laughs> out of the men, Carrie. She is. I'm dead. Not including herself. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> She's like, she, she is. Okay, fine. She is. Yeah, she I'm is. saying out of the men. Keith Sutherland is more famous. Yeah. That's wild. I am trying to think of the name of this stupid damn movie. It was a good, obviously, shot if you don't even remember the movie. I don't even know when I love Julia Roberts. It's the one where they all kill themselves and then they come back from the dead. Flatliners. 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 How? Wow. But that came out like a few years later and she was in that. What a horror faux pas that we totally... Flatline on the name of that movie. I could not remember. I didn't. It. I remembered it. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Because I'm saying Julia Rouch was in that was Kiefer Sutherland. And that was a few years later. That had to be awkward for him. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, they were in that movie. <clears throat> so that had to be awkward. I think maybe that's when it happened. So it was a few years later, not at the yes. Same, yeah. That's when they started <clears throat> dating. 
Yeah, Flatliners came out in 1990. How is Elliot, formerly Ellen Page, in that Flatliners movie? Because they remade that movie. No. She's a parent. He, whatever, is... Because, because of the internet... Maybe one of the flashback scenes because they flashbacked a few times. Did flashbacks to like well, when no, they were younger. Saying she's in the ca- was she? She was in the movie Flatliners, Carrie. As a like a baby? No, no, no. Let me. I'm sorry. They remade the movie, and she's in the remake of the movie. Oh. That's what I was. That's what I. That's what I kept saying. She's in the movie. They, they made remade the movie in 2017. Funny enough, guess who directed Flatliners? Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. He did it. Oh, the, oh, that Flatliners. Yes. He he was a busy guy. R.I.P. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff up through the eighties, nineties, up and into. I think the last one he did was something around uh, maybe like twenty ten or something. He was still pretty busy. That Flatliners. You know, I had to watch it because I have this hate for Nina Dobrev and. Uh, I had to I had to see the movie because when I don't like someone I have to watch the movie that they're in so I could be like justified like you're just terrible. Um, That's why we need to go see Rob Zombie in concert. If I go there, I'm gonna get arrested because I have a whole fantasy where I like throw a tomato at Rob Zombie. No, I just like cuss him the hell out, and it's like a big fantasy of mine. But anyways, uh, flatliner. So okay, so <laughs> she left him for that. So who cares? Like. It's been so long. Is she over it? Is he over it? He he can't be over it because it's just like Julia Roberts. Like, come on. I'm sure he's over it. It's been 30 No, he years. was over it when he was like, uh, yeah, guess what Jason Patrick's doing? Nothing. Speed 2. <laughs> Which Sad. I liked. I think I'm the only one. You're the only one in the world. We have to actually omit that part from the podcast because you might get major hate mail. I like. So if you haven't checked out Lost Boys, The Lost Boys, please do. It's the perfect month to do so and celebrate. And this, this might be one of those perfect 80s films, too. 35th anniversary. This yes. is like the, the prototypical, like, where people said, like, hey, this is an MTV horror movie. They weren't wrong. You know, a lot of the vampire movies that were before this tended to be kind of very slow moving and... Yeah, they weren't really fast-paced. This one really kicked it up. Because like you said, most of the movies before this were like the Dracula ones. Where it was a remake of Dracula over and over again. And it followed the same beats, just with different actors. This was one of the first ones besides stuff like The Hunger and some other things that <clears throat> really kind of popularized like faster pace and you know a lot more action in it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take the hunger out of that sentence because the hunger is very fucking slow paced. In this I'm just saying about like uh, the sexy look. Yeah, those are very underground sexy vampires. And yeah, you got David Bowie in that, so you know you're gonna have like weird, creepy, sexy vibes dance coming off. Dance, of... magic, dance. <laughs> He's not singing that in the in the beginning. I know, but cod piece. You know, he does do some crazy stuff in that movie, though. <sighs> Let me say that. I was going to say something about <laughs> the Lost Boys, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. So <laughs> I think that's I think that's it. No, I disagree with the whole MTV comment of the Lost Boys because if they're a younger crowd, okay, 
but I don't think MTV, I don't think there wasn't music playing throughout the whole thing, like very popular music. There was, yes, there was. I, that soundtrack sold it's a very ton. popular. I know, but it, but I don't, when I hear that music, I don't think MTV. When I think of MTV in that time, I think of Radio Kill the Radio Star, and then like all like the very poppy, that's very like gothic ass new wave <laughs> shit that they Journey, play. Journey, NXS. Like, yeah, the, I, I wouldn't say. But this stuff was pretty popular and got played a lot on MTV back at the time. Back, you know, when they actually played music. To be fair, out of the three of us, you're the one that was going to be the most cognizant yeah. during that time frame. So I guess I have to take your word for it because I was not alive. I to be fair, before as we close out, MTV used to play a lot more variety of things. From 80 to about 90, they played a pretty good variety of things. They had separate shows for some of the hardcore stuff. Like they had uh, all shows dedicated to rap, shows dedicated to metal. That's true. And they would play a lot of the stuff that you didn't hear on the radio. They would play it there because they got the videos for free, so why not? So you did yeah. hear a lot of this stuff. And I then, just don't equate like Jim Morrison to MTV. When I think of MTV, and eight, I don't think, oh, Jim Morrison. Like they're playing that. I don't think, I don't, that's not... I, I well, this was like the. Remember, this wasn't the Morrison version. No, this was the Echo and the Bunny Men version. Still, who were kind of an underground of favorite. Yeah, but they. It's a little different at the yeah. time. Yeah, I, it's just I. I don't. That's, and then I think of like, <laughs> I think of like beach, bleach bomb beach babes. Say that four times with like beach hot pink beach babes bikinis. You know, that's what I think about MTV in that well, time. Well, you frame. got a lot of different stuff. Like I said, it, it was a little better then. Yeah. Okay, it, that's... Uh, once I'll you got into you. the 90s, that's when you got into the... Uh, you, for a while, you had the Nirvana and stuff on there. And then by like 95, 96, they started phasing out everything. And it just became like the fucking reality shows from there on. Yeah. Why you had to sigh right before you said Nirvana, though? Because I'm having no trouble breathing. Remember? Okay, I just wanted to make sure I had... Like, it wasn't towards Nirvana. Just I just wanted... Because then we were going to have like a whole conversation Nirvana's on okay. what, the whole... Whatever. You have no comment on that because that's not in your time frame. Um, <laughs> um, so we're all giving this movie a high rating, high recommendation. Highest of the high. Yes. Ten knives. Definitely, if you like vampires... This is like and eighties the and the eighties, but more so vampires. And good movies because I feel like <laughs> if you didn't like eighties movies, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, yes, this movie obviously was made in the eighties, but it it's not. I don't know. I just see it more as a vampire film. You know, okay, it's just vampires. Um, That's fine. Hot vampires. You know, I want to go on the boardwalk and you know get bitten by a vampire, not a. Regular person, I'm a regular person. <laughs> or a troll, or one of the ghouls that worked at the at the, the city hall <laughs> that they mentioned. I don't want that. I just want the vampire. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend this film to everybody who just wants to eat, watch a good film, and eat eat people. rice, eat Chinese food. Oh yeah, and eat yeah. You definitely gotta eat Chinese food. They're only noodles, Michael. Yeah, this is this is your definite like dinner recommendations. Go get some Chinese, leave it in the cardboard containers, and eat it while you watch this movie. Definitely, I give it uh, five knives. Well, we or spaghetti. Need... Oh, I'm sorry, I give it four knives. Out yes. of how many? Four. Out of four. It got a ten. <laughs> four you can, knives. Can have spaghetti too because they eat spaghetti in the yes. and give them raw garlic. 
Raw garlic, yes. Uh, That's a really funny scene, too, when they're doing all, like, the... The stereotypical, stereotypical tests. tests. Yeah. Don't invite a vampire into your house, you silly boy. It renders you powerless. They're like, oh, shit, we skipped that part. Do you know that? Of course, everyone knows that. Yeah, See, but, I can quote all of it. But yet, he didn't tell the guy he invited the vampire in. I guess once your brother's a vampire, it's fucked from there, right? He's just like, come on. Come on. And I guess they started that whole thing, because was that in the older movies? About inviting a vampire in? Yeah. I don't remember. You know, all I remember from, like, the Hammer films is, like, that weird coloring that the Hammer films have. And then, like, yeah. boobs. And, like, long black hair. That's literally... And then, like, ugly old men. I, that's the only thing I take away from any of those horror um, Hammer films. Yeah, they had that in a few of them where the vampire would... You know, couldn't come in. But, of course, at the dinner, you know, when they come show up to the dinner party, they're always like, Oh, I insist you invite me in. Or, you know... Oh, am I coming in tonight? And of course, all you had to do was open the door and say, "Well, come on in." They're like, "Yep, I'm in." Yeah, because they're fucking spingaling you at the damn door. Yeah, you know, because they weren't gonna get in with their looks. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode where we discuss the 35th anniversary of the Lost Boys and some other bullshit that we talked about. <laughs> yeah, we may have gotten off the rails here, but it was fun. Stay tuned to the horror. I'm Michael. Michael. Michael's great. I like Michael. This is Michael. 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 It's blood. Michael. 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 You must be Michael, right?